Welcome to the Culture of Truth. This is a podcast that reviews truth from God's Word and discusses the influence it has on our lives and worldview. My name is Will Hawkins, and I'm your host. Alongside me are my good friends Jeff Amstutz. That's me. And my my friend Rob Greer. How we doing, y'all? <laughs> it's great to be here, guys. Another episode. Uh, can y'all believe that? Whoop. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> episode two. Yeah. Last episode hopefully set the stage for the podcast. It was more of an intro. We gave an overview and the purpose of the podcast. We explored the definition of truth and where we find it. And we also got talking a bit about the common worldviews that we find today in our culture. Today is special. We kick off our very first miniseries. Dang right. And uh, what we'll be covering is we'll be walking through the book of Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem. We'll be covering part one, the doctrine of the word of God. This doctrine has seven chapters, which we plan to cover in seven episodes. To get this thing started, wanted to to warm up a little bit. And we'll do that with a question before we jump into the, the discussion over the text. What you got? How have you experienced God's truth this week? I'll take this one first. The biggest one this last week has been community because the last couple weeks, uh, for various reasons with my health, I was sick for a little bit. And then I, before that, uh, I was on the road, uh, playing with the Jimmy McNeil band. I'm a guitar player for those of you who don't know me. Um, what it means is I was busy and did not have the regular rhythms of, discussions in my life with other believers on a weekly basis, confessing sin, opening the word, just the the things that earmark uh, a Christian faith in my life personally just weren't there. And I spiritually felt it. And so this past week, those all got rebooted and it's been awesome. So community has been a huge part of this past week for me. Yeah, that's good. How about you, Rob? I would say for me, it's just been God's love. I know that that is very broad, but let me break it down. Right now I'm in a season where I am in the process of buying a house and going through the application process. Come on. Jeff knows that. The appraisal. Oh yeah. Dude, that's the closing. Awesome. I know nothing. About all that. these things, right? And it's very exciting, but I just think with all the detail and all the extensive documents you gotta read through and sign and all the money that's involved and all the the searching and figuring out if you're making the right decision with where you're going. Honestly, like I've just experienced God's love through how everything has worked out with purchasing this house from all the other offers on the house dropping and ours was the only one left and the seller signed the, the contract two days later and here we are, you know? So just experiencing God's love through an answered prayer of asking him if it was the right time to buy. And here I am on the other side of the application being processed and the seller accepting our offer. So yeah, buddy, that's exciting. That's so cool, dude. Boom. <laughs> Thank you guys. That's good. Uh, I would say mine is the work of the Holy spirit. And I say that because the sermon from last week at church uh, talked about revival and it specifically talked about the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and then within the my small group, my missional community, 
which just kicked back up. We we ended up talking about the key activities of the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture, but then we also obviously talked about how we experience the Holy Spirit. So it's it's definitely been a reoccurring theme theme the past week, and it it got me thinking about how I encounter the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. And so I, when I think about work, there's not a day that goes by where there's a conversation and I have two people at work that work that I oversee. And there's not a day that it goes by where there's some kind of question or issue or uh, they need some kind of guidance. And a lot of times I feel like I don't have the answers. And so it's part of the whole pray continuously thing. I'm sitting there praying and I'm asking for strength. I'm asking for him. And that's one of the things the Holy Spirit does is empower. It's referred to as the counselor. Uh, he provides us strength, guidance, all these things. And so I just, that's something that I've encountered this week and experienced from God. It's just a reminder that that Holy Spirit helps me and that it's there to, to guide me and empower me to in situations that I normally otherwise would not be able to do on my own power. It's cool, man. Oh, yeah. Thanks for sharing, Will. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Today, we are looking at, like we've said already, the doctrine of the Word of God, and we'll be discussing the truth we find in it. Hey, Rob, can you provide a summary of that chapter? For of us? course. So, with the Word of God, it, it's it's definitely one of those things where you can think of just one thing, but in reality, there's multiple forms to what the Word of mm. God is. And so, the first one first and foremost, is Jesus, right? He's the Word of God as a person. The second one would be the Word of God in speech, so the words that God actually says. And then those forms, when we look at the speech, are broken down into four different categories. Specifically, number one would be God's decrees or things that God says in order for something to happen or to be caused to happen. The second one would be God's word of personal address. So when he speaks directly to you or someone. The third one would be God's word of speech through human lips. So as you hear me speaking now, God could be saying something to you through me. And then the fourth one would be the written form, right? The form in which we're going to spend a lot of time talking about tonight, but the Bible itself is the most important. And that is in terms of how we get to know God and hear from him is through his word. So that is a quick summary of the word of God. No, that's great. Thanks, Rob. Hey, Jeff, can you uh, give us some key takeaways of all that? Yeah. One of the, the biggest is just to really drive home that the there are multiple ways that God has spoken mm. throughout history. Mm. And that's good. But the primary one that we have in the era we live in now is that the Bible is the primary way that God has revealed himself to his people. As we talked about a little bit last week in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, we know that it's the most profitable way for us to understand and study God's words. Uh, it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. We also know that uh, God's words in the Bible, so breathed out by him, not just words on behalf of God, but his words directly tell us that we are blessed when we meditate on it day and night. That's Psalm 1. So what we should do is walk away from this doctrine and just know that God has spoken and he has words for us to sit down and consider each and every day. 
Yeah, that's great. As you read this, and then as we hear the summary and the key takeaways, how would you guys say that this doctrine has challenged you, has changed or reaffirmed what you believe? I think when we when we study the doctrine of the Word of God, and when I've reviewed it this week, I think in particular, it's just reminded me how I came to know who He was. The Word of God itself has just revealed to me His character, His love for us, and how He desires to restore what was broken during the fall. And by reading this again, it has allowed me to just kind of rest in what the Lord has allowed me to walk in confidently, which is his word. So if I'm not actually reading the doctrine within systematic theology, God's word is something that can be brought back to memory. That's something we'll talk about later in reference to the Holy Spirit and the disciples in in the book of John. But like scripture is something that we not only meditate on, but is something we can remember and remind ourselves of who God is. And so I just think this week has been reassuring of just how God's word is not only in front of us on the pages, but something we can remember for ourselves to remind us who he is. Yeah. Uh, this incorporates other, uh, doctrines we'll eventually get to on this podcast. At least we'd love to, but specifically God doesn't change. So if you want to hear God speak and know it is him, which people who have decided to follow Jesus Christ absolutely have had to have God speak to them to say that's what you should do to change their hearts. Those things that God says to you personally won't disagree with the words he's already said. He's not going to suddenly have a difference of opinion on his love for you, about Christ, about his wrath, about judgment against sin, about how he feels about sin, about the history of Israel, about what it looks like after Christ and the fulfillment of like all of these things God has said and he has revealed to us in scripture isn't going to suddenly change when God speaks to you. So what it has reaffirmed is there are many ways that God speaks, but no matter what way God speaks, he is still God. And if it's something else, be very, very, very cautious. Hmm. Can you repeat that again? Because that was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That was amazing. That was good. (laughs) Play play that back. Oh, man. No, I love that, Jeff. Hmm. Man, for me, I think it's just the reminder that the word became flesh. And that is John 1, 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And I say that because before in the, in the old Testament, it was the way God spoke or the, the word of God wasn't in the Bible by that time. It was communicated through, through people, um, or like, like Rob mentioned was God decrees. So he would say something and it would come into existence or it would be some kind of personal address or through prophets. Uh, through human lips then the word became flesh Jesus came down the word we ended up reading and learning about Jesus and it actually became so uh, you obviously have the Ten Commandments and everything with Moses God that was something that I, that I took away from this is like it says it written with the finger of God when you talk, talk about the Ten Commandments that to me just was like 
reading that again was was wow. But I love and I'm reminded that Jesus came down, the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us. And so then the New Testament is learning about Jesus, is Jesus explained, and that's where we we learn about that in the New Testament of the Bible. So it'll be it'll be really nice next week when we go through the canon of Scripture to be able to talk about the books of the Bible and why they're there. It's kind of for me how it's changed or reaffirmed some of the things I believed. Hmm. What about something that you didn't know before? You know, I think a lot of times when we've read the scriptures, there's a lot of things that God will reveal to you and can teach you about himself or about you that you didn't know the first time you read it or the second time you read it or the third time you read it. So what is something that you didn't know before by going back through this doctrine? I'd say the the way I would answer this is not that there's true novelty, like there was something I completely didn't understand. There was something that I was living in not remembering, as important as it is, is when God decreed creation... He spoke it into existence. When I think about creation, my first thought is much more like filling in the gap of some big theatrical creation thing happening. I don't think about it was his, he spoke it into existence. Mm. Now, I don't know with me as a human what I'm supposed to do with that um, other than just <laughs> sit sit in awe in what just sit in awe and glory. I, what, what am I supposed to do with this? That, that God just spoke and things came into existence. Um, maybe one way that can grow my view of God is, man, it's effortless for him to just create everything. The I'm, I'm not camping on the word so much that there's, uh, it's obviously like paramount. It's the key of how creation happened. Um, but man, all I can do is sit in awe of how effortless it is for God to make everything because he just spoke it into existence and it existed. So that's actually a simplification of the trying to imagine how it happened in my head. And all. it's like, for God, it was just speaking. How cool is that? So it's fresh. I won't say it's, I learned something new, but it's fresh in my head to say, man, when you think of creation, it's God speaking. Amen. I think, I think I would just to kind of echo what you're saying there, Jeff, and the question, you know, of what did you learn that you didn't know before, I think that could be rephrased of what did you forget? You know, what did you forget about God that was already true? I like that. Mm, yeah. And so just going back off of what you said, when you think about the sun or the stars or the clouds in the sky or the animals and cattle, the bugs that you see on the ground, these are literal things that God said, let there be. He literally spoke it. And I think that that's just so powerful. And for us as believers to remember that God can literally speak something into existence. He created the universe with just his speech. And so, yeah, I forget that. And I think what I need to be reminded of and have been reminded of is that I worship a God who can create things with his words. <laughs> uh, Just think about that for yeah, a second. Well, 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 as I cut in right away, but the, the, 
interesting thing though is that amount of power for a being holy who is holy which just means is very unlike us it means that it helps me have a proper perspective of who i am in relation to god Mm -hmm. like yes we're uh, i'd love to talk about uh, on this podcast the doctrines of communicable and incommunicable attributes of god and all that means are what are the attributes of god that we do not share in in any form versus what are the attributes of god that we do share in at least in part those would be communicable at least when I think about my relationship to God, his holiness um, in his power is something that that eternal power in his divine nature, as Paul mentioned in Romans one, that got rejected by man. All is just so much bigger when I think, man, my trust is in Jesus that I can relate to this God that is just so much unlike me because he can just speak all of this power into existence. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, for me it's it's like you said that power and it's it's I forget that he perfectly orchestrated planned executed all of all of what he intended to do and then at the end of it from beginning to end and he then says like I have something better for you than my own voice to come down because in the beginning he did he did have the decrees he spoke but then he's like, no, I'm going to give you something better. The word is going to become flesh and he's going to walk among you. Then the Holy Spirit. And then he says, believers now have this within you. I, this is better than me actually physically here. I'm going to give you this, this Holy Spirit. And that the word is Holy Spirit inspired. And so now we have that as, as the written form of God's word for us to continuously go back to. And then he... and and reference and understand and learn about him. Yeah. And and to, uh, I'm going to flip in my Bible here to John 14 because it's not arbitrary. The Holy spirit has a very specific way that he helps us. You know, he is a person of the Godhead. It's not just go do whatever you want. Are you looking for John 14, 26? Um, and then also John 16. Yeah. There's, there's two references in John to this is what the Holy spirit does. So when we say the word of God is is in you, um, it's it's the word of starting in like John 14, uh, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father I will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You know, that's, it's like, that's, that's power. That's mm-hmm. the power of God is to say, we know him. Like there's, there's plenty of doctrines that talk about doctrines of God, of God, the Godhead, the Trinity, all of that. Uh, and we would love to talk about that at length, but when we're talking about the word of God in you, it's who God is, is in you. So there's, there's plenty of branded Christianity out there that loves to take the word of God and make it something that you are just wielding for self gain. And that's just not what scripture tells us. When you have the power of the Holy Spirit, it's to resist sin. It's to look like Christ. It's to have the fruits of the Spirit, not fruits of yourself, come out. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. God's word, what he has spoken, is for those things, to point you to Jesus forever. Do you guys think that you'd pay more attention and more readily believe if God audibly spoke to you versus the written words of Scripture? a great question because it's really rocky in the bible there are occasions where god says i have spoken 
And then what do people do? Not follow. <laughs> uh, Disobey. The whole Bible Man. is littered with people. What a mess. Like, like I, what the first thing that comes to mind is when the incarnate God, Jesus Christ, says to Peter, you're going to deny me. And what does Peter do? He says, oh, no deny. way. That could not possibly be me. Yeah. And then guess what he does? Exactly that. Three Man, times. that sounds familiar. Yeah. Sounds like all of us. Yeah. But the, the point is, is like, to some degree, I, I really want to say yes, that yeah. I would think about it differently. But on the other hand, it's like, man, he already has stated a ton of stuff to me that I regularly, my, my sinful flesh wants to pull me from. And mm. the, my eardrums hearing it from something, from someone who wasn't a human being, because that's a really interesting kind of side note, is God speaks audibly through prophesied scripture. Now, when I say prophesied scripture is the words of God in the Bible declared from the pulpit. That is God speaking to you with words that he spoke. So when, when those have hit my eardrum, is it the fact that it's not a human being saying them somehow change my perspective on my relationship to those statements? I just really would love to, I, I want to believe that of course it would be all different. But man, if there's so many people in the Bible that heard God say something and then didn't obey, why would I think that I'm suddenly different? Hmm. Maybe the Holy Spirit in me is like compelling me in a unique way. That's interesting to consider. But man, I don't want to run into that as like Peter and be like, oh yeah, I would infallibly follow after that. Because it's just not, it, it's not, it's the content, not the method of it being communicated that is the issue. Amen. As I hear you speak on this and answer the question or try to, right? Because I think the answer is no, quite honestly. I think about Adam in the garden. Oh, yeah. When God was like, do not eat from this tree, right? This tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what did Adam do? He pondered it, thought about it, was tempted to eat of the fruit and he he ate the fruit because he believed that it was better to follow his own desires and to think that he was above God in that moment and I think about myself in relation to this question and it's like if I actually heard God tell me not to eat of that fruit I don't know if I would have said no that actually makes me think of something related to that uh, at the Austin Stone Development Program, which I'm leading a cohort through uh, this year. It started this past Sunday. And the during the brief lecture time, Justin Dunton was talking about the root of the word heretic. Now you hear the word heretic and all these like things pop up from maybe uh, church history or just history of religion in general. And just the root of the word heretic is very simple. It just means I choose. Like I choose my way. So actually heretic look, looks remarkably similar and adjacent to I am a sinner. Uh, so when you're talking through the f initial sin from Adam, what was he doing? He was choosing for himself. It is not a matter of knowledge of, did he know what God said? Mm. And so the, the allegory for us being, yes, you could read through the entirety of scripture and still end up at I choose. Yep. That, that should terrify us. <laughs> Absolutely terrify us. I feel like it's if I heard an audible voice, deep booming voice from heaven, I feel like 
100% I would take that and believe it. But we see, we see time and time again, it's important to look back. People can, people actually heard that Adam and Eve actually witnessed that and him being able to speak and commune with them. And they still, sin still came in and their human nature ended up, you know, they still turned and they still disobeyed. So yeah, if with, with sin still in the picture, no matter if God spoke audibly to me, I would still probably disobey, to be honest. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the question is not necessarily trying to, yeah. like, we have to convince ourselves how we would predict the future if this theoretical thing were to happen. <laughs> it's a lot more to be, let's be let's be cautious when we think about these things, not to assume righteousness is just the default. Yeah, yeah. Where righteousness is obeying God. I mean, it's not righteousness like, oh, you follow the rules. It's like, no, did you love God with your life by obeying him? Because you wanted to obey him. You won't accidentally worship the Lord. You might accidentally do something that could be interpreted as worshiping the Lord, but God knows in your heart if you worshiped him or not. You won't accidentally do that. Yeah, when you say heart, uh, going through all of this in this doctrine of the word of God, how does that impact you from emotional perspective? Well, I, I'd say uh, I kind of touched on it in thinking about the theology in emotionally impact me the most by God. First, God just could speak everything into existence. What power through an effortless act for him. And then uh, on top of that, that same person decided to speak to us mere humans, the created. We were created by him and he chose to reveal himself to us by speech. And that's incredible. That, that to me, drives me toward worship. Mm. That you're, it, it's not just a random setup of stuff in someone's little sandbox. It is a personal revealing of the creator to the created. Man, that drives me to want to worship him so much. Hey Amen. I, I, would, I would second that. I just think it's, it's amazing to be personally spoken to, right? I mean, just to... Mm-hmm reiterate what you were just saying there. I think it's important to remember that as we talk about how this makes us think about God and what this doctrine says about who he is and who we are in light of him, it makes me feel like God truly cares about me because he wants to speak to me and reveal himself to me through his word and through the person of Jesus. And so it makes me feel wanted and pursued. And I think that's important for us to remember is although God is this powerful being, the most powerful being, he also wants you personally. He he not only wants to speak to you, he wants you to know who he is and who you are in light of him. Yeah. So I just think that the feeling of that truth is just overwhelming love. You know, it's just God loves us so much that he'll speak to us and reveal himself to us. So, I mean, what a thought when people talk about parents, they didn't have a great relationship with or a spouse, they don't have a great relationship with, or a friend that you don't have a great relationship with. What's a huge, hugely common part of those troubled relationships? Lack Lack of of discussion. Yeah. Lack of communication. (laughs) Nice. And so a God that has revealed so much by saying so much in scripture to us, what does it say about us to not be interested in hearing what he had to say? And then also to not then be sensitive to recognize his voice. I'm thinking like 
John 10, the sheep recognize the shepherd's voice. Us believers recognize the voice of Christ. Well, how do you recognize someone's voice? By knowing their voice. Man. The Holy Spirit points us towards Christ. Um, and we come to learn that voice of Christ through scripture. So that's, that's what points us squarely at that is you communicate with someone, you learn what they sound like. It might, I would guess after one or two episodes of this podcast, people might be able to pick out who's talking without us saying, Rob, you say something. Will, you say something. I am Jeff. You know, you, you just, you know, our voice. Mm. Yeah. This is Will speaking. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) for those of you that didn't know, (laughs) no, I mean, y'all are, y'all are spot on. I really wouldn't add anything. And if, if I did, it's just that it makes me thankful, um, thankful that for Jesus, that he came down and reconciled our relationship with God and that now we have, we have the word and we're able to read it and it, it, the action and what it motivates me to, to respond to is, Jeff, you said it, worship. And for me, it honestly, it makes me want to read his word and get in it more and more, continue to make it a, a routine habit uh, within my life. And like you said, Jeff, it, that is important because it helps me and my relationship with him helps me grow. Mm. And that's what I want. One thing I want to add, you know, for, for myself, as I hear us, talking about this and for you guys listening is you know we're kind of talking about the heart behind this doctrine one thing I just want to remind you and encourage you with is just because you don't feel a certain way when you're reading the scripture it doesn't mean it's not true about who God is I think for me that's so important to remember you know as I said earlier that overwhelming feeling of love I may not always feel that but that doesn't mean God doesn't love me You know, I have to constantly remind myself and be reminded through my community and through reading the scriptures that the truth about God is always true, except whenever I'm having those feelings or emotions where I don't feel that, I need to ask God to remind me of that truth. I need to go to him and talk to him and go to my, my community and say, hey, guys, I'm, I'm feeling this way right now. And I know that that is not in line with what is true about God. But I need, I need you to pray for me. I need some, some help with trusting that God is loving, that God is here for me, that God has done everything necessary to reconcile me back to him. And that just means that God restores the relationship that was broken by his son. So just wanted to encourage you guys with that as I was. Yeah, go that this. makes me think of Jeremiah 17, 9, which for, for those of you that don't know that reference, it's just the, the heart is deceitful above all things and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? And when you hear that, it's pretty clear what that's saying. And I'm going to read the context around it because the rest of Jeremiah 17 around it is even more driving that home. Like we often just quote that, uh, at least in in my social circles around the faith, that verse has come up in the past numerous times. But the actual book of Jeremiah is Jeremiah being a prophet, prophet telling Israel, hey, you've been disobedient. If you don't repent, you're going to get invaded and it's going to be really bad over and over and over again. And Israel doesn't care. And so this is smack dab talking about the sin of Judah. Uh, I'll start in Jeremiah 17, five uh, and read just past nine. Uh, Thus says the Lord cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. 
whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an inhabitable salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. And then, of course, verse 9, The heart is deceitful above all things and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. It's just like, man, no matter where we are, Rob, to speak to what you were saying, like when you don't feel it, that verse doesn't change. It is you that has changed. It is I that has changed. And so that's exactly why the word of God matters so much, because we come back to something very consistent. When we're up on our highs and everything in life is great, God's word tells us, man, you need to remember that you're not the center of the universe. And then on the other side of it, when we're going through trials, when we're uh, really down on our, our sense of self and worth, we know that, man, my identity is not in me anymore. It's in Christ. That my worth comes because of what Christ did, and I am adopted as a son or as a daughter of God because of Christ. Man, what a way to, to bring me back to rightful thinking, even when I'm in the midst of trials, where the word even tells me I should consider that joy. Because God is showing more of himself through trials by saying, hey, the world is not something you should latch your life onto. You know, these are things that scripture says no matter how I feel. And so what a, what a beautiful thought to come back to the word, to come back to what God has said, because it's consistent, because God's consistent. Yeah, amen. Uh, so yeah, in light of that, everything you just covered and then everything we covered uh, over this chapter of, of God's word, what are some practical ways that we can obey and live out the truths that we discussed? Well, going back to what Jeff said earlier, and he mentioned the, the book of Psalm, the first chapter, and what it said was specifically the man is blessed. That person is blessed. He who meditates on God's word day and night. I'm kind of paraphrasing that. So forgive me guys. But first I think obedience comes from knowing who God is. And by knowing who God is, you you feel him by spending time with him and, and learning those truths, right? And as you meditate on the scriptures, your life begins to look different in how you interact with people in your community or even those that don't know God. And so I think where it starts is the obedience comes from knowing who God is and by knowing who God is and how he's changed you, that allows you to speak those truths to yourselves, but also be able to speak those truths to others. And when those circumstances come up, whatever they are, X, Y, Z, you have God's word in mind in order to encourage them. And so that obedience comes from first knowing who God is. Why obey someone you don't know? You can't, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I'll, I wholeheartedly agree with all that. So the, the only thing I'll say is, um, Rob, it's amazing how consistent what you just said is with so many of the storylines we read in scripture, uh, in, in judges, in the prophets, what is 
God regularly say when he's angry? Do you not remember what I told you? Do you not remember what I promised you? What does the Psalms urge us to do? Consider God's word day and night. Mm. What does he, what does Joshua do? He just goes over the revealed scriptures that Moses wrote down and meditates on them. What does Jesus rebuke Pharisees with? He says, have you not read the scriptures? Do you not know your Bible? Do you not know what God has said? Uh, What do the epistles say over and over and over again? Remember what Jesus said. The Holy Spirit's telling us, reminding us what Jesus said. The epistles tell us, hey, remember what you've been taught, what God has said. It's just over and over and over and over again. Pay attention to what you've heard. That's straight Hebrews 2. First line, first verse of Hebrews 2 is, remember what you've been told about Christ. Pay attention to what you've learned. And then there's the same thing through Hebrews and all kinds. It's just, it's just all over. It's, hey, what had needed to be said has been said. Keep dousing yourself, your life, in it. Yeah, that's that's my that's my thing. My, my kind of takeaway from a practical standpoint is getting in the Word, honestly. Uh, so that way I can recall and that way the Holy Spirit can uh, work through me and help me remember what God says yeah. uh, in any situation that comes up in life. I can be reminded of truth yeah. and that's what I want. Yeah. Mm. Well, do you guys have anything else to add just in that that whole realm? No, I think it's been a good night. That's good yeah. stuff, man. I, yeah, I love this. And we hope that you guys love this, too, as this is just a conversation b- between three men who are good friends and desire to know God more intimately and, and share that experience with you guys. So yeah, man, I enjoyed definitely. it. Yeah. I'm excited. We're excited for the next episode. Uh, next episode we'll be covering chapter three in systematic theology and that will cover the canon of scripture, which just looks at how we've arrived to the books of the Bible that are there. Thanks for listening to the culture of truth podcast until next time. See you. Peace. Out.